3: yeah what's up this is dark side for the moto x pod show welcome to the pulp mix wrap-up show the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry and i'm here to discuss this week's pulp mix show with a couple guests but first let me tell you about our awesome sponsors guts racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross supercross even off-road competition Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out gutsracing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX Show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zinc and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill... Then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at michelinbicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at SealSavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit PulpMechShow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the PulpMex wrap-up show with me to talk about the PulpMex show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, so our first guest of the night is going to be brought to you by Seal Savers. Uh, Seal Savers tonight brings us from the collective experience, thecollectivexp.com, Mr. Dave Drakes. What's up, Dave? What's up,
4: Darkside? to on, man.
3: Yeah, man, I, I I'm really stoked that you reached out to me because like I, I always you're one of my favorite people to see at Supercross, dude. You're just uh, such a rad dude. You're always like happy, man. Like you, I know Adam makes a nap is a big part of the collective experience, and you remind me not necessarily personality wise. Like well, you're just always happy. Like you're always up. Like he is at least when I see you. So dude, you're just one of my favorite people. So I'm super stoked you're on here tonight.
4: No, I appreciate it, man. It's coming for a from you, and yeah, to be mentioned in the same breath as Adam when it comes to like enthusiasm and like positivity, dude. That's that's cool, man. But yeah, I mean, when we're at Supercross, dude, we're just we're having such a good time. Yeah. It's so hard not to, you know what I mean? Like me and you and the whole all the industry guys, like we're just having a blast just interacting and being around some kick-ass racing. So uh, especially the last couple of years, man, it's just been awesome. So yeah, it's it's hard not to be happy. <laughs>
3: Absolutely, I I agree, man. And uh, I want to introduce our next guest. Brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Brandon Judd from, from Blog Epicness. Uh, Brandon, what's up, dude?
1: Hey, what's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to get this thing wrapped up. And uh, I, I think I, I reached out to you once, and I wasn't expecting a reply, but uh, I appreciate you having me, having me on.
3: Yeah, I do my best to uh, – I, I don't have enough people that reach out to me. Like I'm not probably like, we're, like a Steve or something where – I have so many people responding that I can't respond back. I always try to get back with everybody. Uh, I think it's really cool that you reached out. Um, I don't really know a lot about you, but so before we get rolling, uh, talk about what your your blog. I mean, and your, what you're doing. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, I I guess first and foremost, I'm a fan of the sport, but I'm also a YouTuber and uh, not not the best rider. I'm pretty pretty amateur and my kids are amateur racers but we've kind of built a following of people who enjoy watching the journey and uh it's been pretty cool we've been able to um, make a living out of riding dirt bikes so i'm, I'm pretty stoked nice. on it
3: yeah that's right i wish i could do that dave <laughs>
4: yeah right that'd be, that'd be
3: the dream dude I mean, yeah crap. so again before we get rolling with the sh- with episode 438 uh, Dave, you've been you know, you've been on the phone with Steve before, Paul, but talk a little bit about what you're doing with Collective Experience. Uh, you know, Steve's huge on helping the privateers. That's a big part of what you do. Uh give everybody a you know, a little idea of what you've been doing.
4: Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, Steve's been a huge supporter of the collective experience and uh we're a, a exclusive VIP fan experience that gets race fans from literally all over the world, uh, behind the scenes with their favorite racers, um and, and, and most different uh like, most most different levels of, of the sport, so that's from your you know grassroots privateer all the way up to some of the the higher support riders like the Adam Ettinger, like the Tyler Bowers uh, of the sport, and it's been really really fun. We get fans literally, like I said, from all over the world to to go behind the velvet rope and get hands on with like your favorite riders with. Awesome uh, unlimited access, which sometimes I get kind of jealous of it. Um, they get goodie bags. I mean, they get to meet people like yourself and all these industry connections that really, like, last a lifetime. And they're making, you know, friends with people who, like, we only really see in magazines and are getting hooked up in big ways. And we've been able to um, start several internship programs that gets people hired into the industry. Nice. Um, I'm talking about mechanic jobs. I mean, social media work, um, gear guys. And it, it's been so fun to do. And I'm really glad that, we're you know, we're able to keep going. This is, uh, I think, our third year kicking strong, and um, a lot of our guys are, are are doing big things, and we're we're helping the riders also. A big portion of what we do is funding these private two riders and teams that need it the most. Um, so, so it's been great, man. I've been super uh, super happy with it and just want to continue to grow.
3: Awesome. Yeah, so you guys go check out uh, both of the projects these guys are working on. But we're here tonight to talk about Episode 438 of the Pulp Mech Show. Uh, Michael Lindsay in studio. We had J Mart, J Bone, AC, Chris Kiefer, of course, JT, all on the phone. Um, Michael Lindsay, man, he's uh, he's uh, been a regular, somewhat regular, recurring guest. Uh, Brandon. Some people like him, some don't. Some people say they feel like he when he's giving his uh, expertise on bikes or whatever that he seems like I don't know, cocky or whatever. I, I've never really felt that way about Michael. But uh, what do you think about Michael as an in studio host with Steve?
1: Hey, uh, I cocky's not bad sometimes. I mean, that, <laughs> okay. that comes with knowing what you're doing, knowing, knowing what you're talking about. So um, I'd say he's a little cocky, but it doesn't bother me too much.
3: Okay. Dave, do you feel the same way? Do you get that sense at all? I mean, you've probably met Michael before.
4: Yeah, uh, Mike's, Mike and his team are actually um, on our program. Yeah. So this, this whole year we had fans popping in on out of his race. Um, no, I never get that sense, honestly. I just think because Michael's so, like, it, like he knows so much, like he knows so much about the bikes, testing the industry, his, the riders, just like all the inner workings that might come off his talkie. But, um, no, I, I have not gotten that sense at all. This in the interaction. He's, he's been super nice. Um, he might be going a mile a minute, but I mean, the guy is just, he's, he's awesome. I really like hanging out with him. So, uh, Yeah, I never get that shit. Maybe I'll keep
3: an eye out for it sometimes, but, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just like you said, he's super knowledgeable. And I want to go back and mention that I'm brought to you tonight by Michelin Bicycle Tires. Uh, Thanks to Randy Richardson for that. Um, Okay, so uh, I always say I I watch on YouTube. I don't know if either of you guys do. Steve was wearing – first, okay, do either of you guys watch on YouTube? Brandon?
1: So, funny story, I guess. I never do, but this time I did because I knew I was going to be on the show. Okay. Wanted to see in case they're talking about a helmet or something. Yes, yes. You know, so I, I watched, and the show kind of seemed just a little bit more dry, a little slower, a little bit. Kind oh, of okay. On. Interesting. And then I didn't realize it was because when I listened on the podcast, I have it at like uh fifty percent faster.
3: Oh, you go one and a half times. So okay. Where, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I re-listened to it, and I was like, okay, that's, that was a problem, but. Uh, yes, I did I did watch it this time.
3: Well, the reason I bring this up, I guess, uh, D- Dave, do you watch it ever?
4: Oh, most definitely, yeah. Okay. I-, I keep it on as uh, some videos while I'm doing some work tomorrow.
3: Well, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we had Steve wearing the do-rag, and then this week he wore the JT Chess yeah. Pro all night long. I don't know that I ever heard him really discuss why, but, hell, that's Steve. He's got all this cool memorabilia. So if you guys check out the YouTube or Facebook live feed, uh, you you get some pretty cool imagery. You'll see different things going on that maybe you don't. You well obviously you won't see if you just listen to the audio. So that was cool. Um, I was pretty stoked. We had future headlines back, and we're gonna touch on that. But I want to start off with uh, early in the show, Dave. So they're talking about Supercross 2021, right? This is a big deal to you with your with what you got going on. And uh, Michael talked about the fact that hey, it, it sounds like it may be some double triple headers. Uh, the schedule hopefully will be out in October. It's going to sound like a late start, possibly starting with East coast lights. This is all stuff that we want to know about. Yeah. You know? We get it right off the, the bat at the start of the show. Now, none of this stuff is set in stone. This is the, the rumor mill that we get from beat. Listen to pulp. Um, what do you think about that, man? I, I love getting that information. Like he just said, right? The, the schedule may be out in October, but we're getting some inside stuff that I, I didn't know yet.
4: Yeah, it's kind of cool, man. Um especially since, you know, I think a recurring theme with, uh, with Pulp, uh, the Pulp show is that a lot of listeners are calling in like, hey, how can we freshen this thing up? It's getting too stale. It's been the same for the past, you know, however many decades. Um, and the fact that we might be starting with the lights, um, East Coast round instead of starting at A1. Uh, we might be having, you know, have some double headers or triple headers or, um, some more triple crowns, or what have you. Um, I think it's, it's kind of exciting. I, I like the, the mix up, um, a little bit of, uh, I guess, parity when it comes to the scheduling, you know, it's, uh, after you go to so many rounds, so many races, you know it kind of gets a little monotonous sometimes. So to have that fresh impulse of like, hey, we're gonna inject a doubleheader or we're gonna start completely backwards from what we traditionally do, I think it's kind of exciting. Um, it'd be kind of nice to know like right now <laughs> what the definite was to get turned sure. up, but. Um, I'm excited for this, for, for what, what, what's going to happen. You know, I, I didn't think that the Utah rounds would be as successful as they were. Um, so uh, I'm excited to see what Feld has shaken up for us. I mean, it, regardless, it's going to be some awesome racing.
3: Yeah, oh, I'm excited too. And Brandon, so this is news, like I said, that we like to hear, right? But for some people, let's say, let's say these double, triple headers are only like maybe in Dallas, right? Or maybe in two or three stadiums. A lot of people are going to be unhappy with that news if they can't get to one of these races, but still, it's kind of getting the ball rolling a little bit. It's getting me more excited for, uh, for Supercross to come around. I'm, I'm ready.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if you told me back in May that, that uh, 2021 Supercross was in jeopardy, then I would have been like, no way, that can't be possible. But, but now, at least we have something to... At least we know that there's going to be something um, unfortunately, though, everything just changes constantly. Very so true. there may be, they may tell us in October, and it might get updated every couple of weeks. But you know, it keeps things interesting, and and we're all on our on the edge of our seats. So
3: yeah, and we'll just stay tuned to Pulpomex because he'll he'll keep us up to date. So that's a that's a good thing. Um, obviously, you know, guys, we just came off of Millville. That was a topic. Um, one of the things that kept begin uh, kept being brought up uh brandon was track prep right they talked about that uh they discussed how oh, some riders loved it some riders didn't which is pretty pretty standard um you know jay mart who that's his home track he uh he didn't think it had much character kind of wish it was deeper um you know watching the race and then listening to the show uh you know i guess you're never going to make anybody happy right but uh good good talk about the track and what do you think of it
1: uh, as far as I, I like the track I like, I like the way it was um, It was pretty pretty open It didn't get too rutted uh, I, The great thing About motocross though is it's going to be Different every week so mm-hmm. if you don't like the track If you aren't a big fan of the, the way it was wrapped, It'll probably be different Next week
3: <laughs> Yeah, Especially this year see it so far um, Dave yeah I, th- I thought it made for good racing right? And that's something that they were talking about And some of it was on the review show I don't know if you guys listened to that but Uh, It it allowed these guys to other than like that uphill triple that, you know, Steve thought was too much, and I kind of agree with him. That new triple that was that cost Brock and all that. I thought there was some. It was good racing. It made for uh, good action, and uh, I was stoked. Although, I I do agree with Steve that Millville is the best track. And uh, AC, you know, AC kind of came on later and said Wash Ugle, which surprised me. But uh, yeah, what do you think about Millville? And is is it the best track in your opinion? Is Steve right?
4: Um, I thought the Millville prep was kind of cool. I mean, we're yep. still so used to seeing it disced up really deep. I like that it had almost like three different soil types. You had it super tilled up on the start, um, and it kind of in front of like the kinks area going down, um, into like that that gnarly section that Henry Miller got tossed at, and then you have some gnarly sandlops, and then the rest of the track seemed almost like a uh, a really like harder base with just a little bit of fluff on top. So it almost like kind of brought in just different elements of, like, all the different tracks in the circuit, which I thought was pretty cool, and it kind of kept the teams guessing a little bit on, like, okay, are we going to go with the paddle to get our starts, or are we going to go with more of an intermediate tire, or, hey, are we going to go with an immediate hard? I and mean, then you saw, like, a lot of the paddle tiers especially were like, man, what do we do, you know? So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, the racing line shaped up awesome. We saw, you know, the last moto for 250 where Martin was kind of battling with uh, – Terrain a little bit and taking those unique lines, you could see like how they would kind of play out. He could mm-hmm. gain here, lose a little here, so I thought it was interesting, man. But uh, I, I would say that Millville is probably my the second favorite of mine to watch. I mean, being being a loyal, I have to go with Southwick. I know it's not on the schedule this year, but okay? I think Southwick, hometown track. I, I gotta represent the New England, um, but I think in uh, um, third you gotta you gotta talk about Red Bull man. Those are definitely my top three. They're just they're such unique tracks. They're yep. so gnarly. And they just make for some awesome racing, no matter where you are at now on the track.
3: For sure. All right, let's get into uh, the first guest because I've got I've got some audio clips I want to play, and this um, this interview actually was surprising to me a little bit. So uh, Jeremy Martin uh, comes on and really, really opened up. You know, and we know that he seems to be you know pretty tight with Steve. Like he he trusts Steve. He's been on numerous times. But uh, a lot of discussion right off the bat. He wanted to talk about the dealership beef. So uh, hang tight. Look, at
2: getting back to our, our little beef that we got going on yeah. here. You know, I yeah. saw, I saw, I saw the tweet. You're like, oh, frick, man. Like, J. Mart needs to get back to the dealership.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the dealership thing. I don't understand it. Like, listen, you had a bad injury, and I understand. You know you're you're back from this injury and you're winning races and that's cool and everything else. The, you know you're you're
2: a really good reporter. Thank like you. Your job your job is to kind of kind of poke the rider a little bit, right? Like a little bit. The, your job is to kind of to get get a little bit of something out of them and and you know maybe get something that you wouldn't. You've done it for a long time, so you've be, you've become good at it.
5: You, you did get a glimpse of what it was like to have a real job, but. But, J-Mart, you've got a lot of money in the bank. You, you've been super successful in his motocross career. Like, no matter what happened, you don't have to work at a dealership, j
2: One of the tweets that you said was, like, I was like a multimillionaire. Definitely not true. Between the business expenses that I have to reinvest into myself to, to win races and then training at these training facilities to get an education, I put a lot of money back into myself right. to learn. Like, it's been, like, my college education. For me, it wasn't about the money. It was about the fact that, you know, it happened June 23rd of two thousand, you know, in eighteen when Cooper and I got together, right. you know. I'm in the hospital. Like, I'm almost fucking paralyzed. And, like, dude, I was, like, I mean, I said I was fine. You know, like, when you guys would call and check in, right. but I wasn't. You know, like, I was in a dark, dark place. And I didn't know what to do. And for me, like I've always woke up and I've had that goal. So I went to my local buddy's dealership. It was about the principle of, okay, dude, like I'm mentally fucked up. Like I'm struggling to get up every day. You know, I was hooked on drugs, Yep. you know, and I got, I had to get off those. And I had to like, are you ready to move on from racing? That was my thing, you know? And I wanted to get a job to kind of understand what it was like and to appreciate what I've had because I've never had right. a normal job like you guys or whatever else, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So there's a lot in that piece of audio clip and I realized it was a little long, but I thought I felt like everything in that was pretty important. And I'm going to start with you, Brandon. Um, a lot to break down there, right? But very, very open, very honest. um And first, the ma- main thing is I appreciate that Jeremy – talked about the darkness and you know say hey of how he felt you know that he wasn't really being honest when Steve was checking in with him in the past during that time and maybe you know he kind of talked about have the painkillers right and being having to get off that and we've seen a lot of guys not come back from that right they kind of they get addicted and it's very easy to do that uh very surprised by that what do you think of that whole interview that whole topic Brandon That's
1: that's a great point that's uh that was a good Clip, and it actually changed my perspective. I think my gut reaction was that I agreed with Steve. I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but I've had a lot of crappy jobs, and uh, <laughs> the only thing that I'm thinking about when I'm working is, Ouch, why am I here? I want to get out of here. What do I need to do to get out of here? But if he's voluntarily going to work somewhere like that, um, you know, he's injured. He he can't ride motocross, so what is his option? He could play video games, he could take up pottery or something,
3: <laughs> okay or
1: yeah. he could do something or he could or he could go somewhere and be productive and that's what he did, and uh, I respect that
3: well, and I think he kind of he used it as motivation right like hey I wa- I've never had a real job I wanted to see what that was like and get an appreciation maybe renew my appreciation which he said he has for what he had um which yeah, I don't think very many guys would do that, you know. And um, Dave, you know, Steve kind of gives him shit and, and says, "Hey, you know, it's it's we're we're kind of wearing this story out, right?" But when you listen to it from Jeremy's point of view, it's I, I think it's relative or uh, relevant.
4: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I, I kind of take the opposite stance of, of what Steve said. So like, if I'm Jeremy Martin, I'm down the dumps. I mean. Really, like a lot of people don't realize that these guys they all they only know moto. Like, once you take moto away from them, um, that's what they dedicate their life to. It's not really like much else for, for most of those guys, sad to say. But, um, I thought it was really cool of, of Jeremy to, to say, you know what, like, let me take a step back, let me see what else is out there in terms of things I can do in the industry, and especially help out tell like it was his buddy's shop um, and, and kind of pick up a new skill, see what it's like when, you know, when you're on this side of, of the rope. And um, I thought it was cool, man. I've, I've worked those dealership jobs. Um, they're tough, but it, it gives you some great skills. And, you know, working dealing with customers, learning products, and interfacing with, you know, dealer reps and stuff like that. So I'm sure it gave him an appreciation for, like, the other side. And um, it almost reminds me of when Christian Craig took a step away from the from the sport. And um, I, I, don't, I think he did some, like, manual labor stuff. Yeah, construction, a few, yeah. Yeah, and a few interviews, he was like, Man, I don't know how people do this, man. Like, I was so lucky (laughs) to have my job of riding dirt bikes. It it kind of kickstarted him into Christian 2.0. And I think um, that's probably what we're seeing with with Jeremy now. You know, he's like, Hey, that wasn't for me. It's tough. Um, I want to make sure I kick ass so that I can, you know, I can live my life comfortably and and do what I love to do for my job. And I have to work these, you know, Behind the counter uh, tasks, so uh, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. So, man, I, I fully support people kind of doing the manual labor type stuff, you know, every day, man, just to gain some perspective mm-hmm. to see what it's like. And maybe, you know, because these guys uh, for their entire life, like they're the guy, they're the guy that doesn't have to work, they're super fast, they barely have to buy their own clothes, you know what I mean? So, sure, sure, so they have to kind of get a, almost like a dose reality. I, I think it really helps them in the long run, it makes them more personable.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and when Steve was talking about this over the last few weeks and ranting about it or whatever, you know, I kind of saw some of his point, right? Like, okay, yeah, okay, Jeremy, you know, he's a millionaire, right? He, he's he got all this money, you know, and he doesn't have to do this. But he wasn't doing it for that reason. You know, once he, he said his part, it, it definitely gave me a different perspective of it. And, and I can still see, like, all right, you know, we've talked about it enough. We don't have to keep bringing it up. But it was obviously something that mattered to Jeremy and it made him refocus. So it's pretty cool. Uh, the other thing that came up was the other beef, right? That Steve has also ranted about uh, with the, the, the pointing out rule or the, you know, and having to be forced to move up. And Jeremy left supercross early. So let's hear what he said about that. Um, this is going to bring up the other, the other beef that Steve has with me about the
2: supercross thing. It's, 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 we got, are you still mad about that?
5: Team? I I don't like guys. Yes. Yes. I am. I'm not mad at you. I feel, I like the way you handled it. I like the way that you said, listen, I don't want to point out. You didn't fake a groin pole.
0: Yeah. He is pull, straight up.
5: You know what I mean? Like a lot of these guys, you're a star of the sport. You should, you should be at the races for your team. You know what I mean? Like that, that it's just ridiculous that, that somehow the, the one of the best riders in that class is not there. Oh, I thought maybe,
2: no. you know, and me kind of lying at the airport, you know, <laughs> no, but like, no, I, was I couldn't. I had to, <laughs> at the airport, I was like, when I'm doing the deal, I'm like, man, like, I, I, the team is going to make the press release. And as soon as the team makes the first deal, then I'm game to be honest about it.
5: Right, and that's right. what I did. Yeah. I understand what you did. I don't like it, but I get it. And I like the way you guys were honest about it.
3: Okay, Dave, this is a, a rant, a topic that I do agree with Steve on. For sure, uh, I don't like the rule. And, and like he said, though, I, he I, it was cool that GEICO was honest and they straight up pretty much said what they were doing and called it out. And maybe, maybe that's good, right? Maybe in the future that will cause – maybe that'll make some changes because people will be like, hey, we don't like that these guys are admitting they're just not going to race.
4: Yeah, um I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, I, I feel for people like Jeremy who are like, man, you know – um, I, I, I'm still competitive. And I still want to want to accomplish things in the, in the life class, um, but also it's like, you know, um, it's, it's it's a weird situation, right? Like, yeah, I I want I, I want I, I still think to accomplish, but also like, that I'm on the on the cusp of pointing out. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of I feel for those guys, but also as a fan, it's like I want to see those guys there every single weekend, like everybody else. Yeah. Um, the guy that I'm rooting for is like, oh well, I don't want to move up to the 450 class, so I'm going to take a dive and just not show up. And it's like, man, then you're kind of giving the guy, the other guy, and who's next up to win, you're giving him like an easy, an easy win. Which Moto, we're in it because it's, it's all out. Everyone's fighting for every little inch, and um, it's kind of a bummer. So hopefully, with you know, I'm really glad that Geico was super honest. So hopefully, with with that, I mean, they start to change these rules and you know make it a little bit more lax. You say, hey, we're, and we're going to up the uh, up the minimum or or increase the amount of points you need before we're going to kick you to the 450. So yeah, hopefully it starts some change. You know,
3: absolutely. Well, yeah, I uh, I grew a lot of respect. I already had respect for J Mart, but that interview made the respect grow even more. Really, I thought it was the the interview of the night for me. Uh, the next one I want to talk about, Brandon, is Jeremy Albrecht, man. JGR, J-Bone, uh, friend of the show. And Steve said on the review show this week that things must be getting better at JGR because J-Bone's willing to come on the show. Uh, unfortunately for me, man, I just didn't feel like I got a lot out of this interview. Um, pretty vague. J-Bone didn't give us a lot. You know, didn't really – wasn't able to give us anything on the new sponsor just yet. And just kind of vague on Savachi and Amart and – uh I don't know, man. I just wasn't super into this particular interview, unfortunately. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I I agree. I guess, you know, you can't be hard on the guy. I mean, uh, if there's nothing to report or if there's nothing he can give out, then um, there's not much he could do. But uh, hopefully, we're all hopeful. Hopefully, uh, JGR things come together and work out.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I like nothing against Jay J- Bowen, Obviously, I like the guy. He's been on my show and uh I, you know, I talked to him when I'm at the races, super good guy. He just just unfortunately just didn't have a lot for us other than the news that he buried the beef with Stu. And anything about Stu and Pulpum X, we love that, right, Brandon? I mean that that was cool. I mean, maybe who knew maybe who knows where that'll lead in the future. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean I that was that was exciting to hear and I didn't even know there was that big of a I don't know what do you, what do you want to call it a rivalry or yeah, I don't know um, if I'd say rivalry just, that, just yeah i didn't I didn't know there was uh there was that issue though so that's that's it I
3: see, yeah, just a little uh hurt feelings or you know did, not happy with the way the 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 uh partnership the way it ended ended you know and i and that's fair yeah. I'd love to have more details on that, I think we can kind of figure out most of them, you know, but but anyway, so I'm going to move on from Jeremy and go to a topic that I loved. I thought was hilarious. I was I was excited for this to come up. And that is uh, Weige's Fantasy Picks not getting saved, or they actually got saved, seven picks, but he got no points because it's not an official uh, pick unless you get all eight in. And for those listening that maybe didn't realize this particular weekend was the first time that you could pick, uh, you know, a, a, not a full team, and it would save it, but it just it didn't give you points. So, like, in the past, you would have to start all over if you didn't save it. Uh, so, first of all, Dave, do you play fantasy?
4: I do play fantasy. However, I have been slacking the last couple of weeks, man. I'm on the uh, After the whole COVID thing, it's got me so, like, discombobulated that, like, I, I just, one morning I woke up and I was like, holy crap, I've been missing fantasy for the last two and a half weeks. Oh, wow. Dude, it, yeah, I I was going so strong in Supercross, and <laughs> dude, I, I completely just got
3: the ball. Wow, yeah, between my group texts and my WhatsApp texts and uh, the chat room and everything else, there's no way that I could, and all the Twitter stuff, I I couldn't I couldn't forget it personally. Uh, Brandon, do you yes. play?
1: I haven't been playing this year, but I'm dude, kind of in the on. same spot where it's just it's it's a lot. You gotta you gotta be. Uh, you got to have time and, and be following, and, yeah. and really pay attention to what's going
3: on. So, well, no, I, I didn't play this year. Okay, I'm very disappointed in you, Brandon, right now, and you too, Dave. <laughs> but let's hear what Weeds had to say. <laughs> to talk,
5: you know, to get to the bottom of this, uh, Jason Wygant, um, welcome to the show. Travis Marks, the yeah. floor, the floor is yours to uh, to discuss pulp Mix fantasy. Weeds,
0: garbage, an garbage team fantasy team is an invalid team. Sorry, not sorry. Read the rules. No,
6: there. I've already been told the rules. It's a garbage it. rule.
0: Well, if you would have read them beforehand, maybe you would have, uh, you know, found it a little bit more important to get to the media tent to get some service.
6: Ah, but we have confirmation. We have confirmation. Media tent also did not offer service.
5: Yeah, we did. So, we, did we did find that out. Right. And then, you know,
6: I believe I got locked out three minutes before the moto started. <laughs> I believe. And no shot.
5: We we would have got a pop-up saying your team is incomplete. Uh, No. Oh, no,
6: no, no I got pop, nothing. I got nothing. Up, I saw seven, comes. and I'm like, okay. And then at 12.57, it said picks have expired. And I'm like, okay, well, I see seven guys on my screen right now, so that's terrible, but it's not the worst thing. It's, you know, I'm going to have to ride and die with seven. Didn't say that my team was invalid anywhere.
0: Right. Yeah.
6: No the, mention of this invalidity. The, pop the invalidity <laughs> was invalid. It was not.
5: <laughs> the the pop-up yeah. doesn't come until you actually add an eighth rider. This was a massive mistake by Jason Wygant, everybody. Massive. This is not a mistake.
6: This is a mistake on the work of your program. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Mark's boss. Who's his manager?
3: All right. So I find this hilarious. You guys not playing kind of right now, at least, kind of uh, bums me out, like I said. But very funny. I mean, that they finally get Weeds to play. He's uh, he gets in and he just keeps having problems. And look, granted, there is no signal at Millville, especially if you have Verizon, and if the media tent doesn't have Wi-Fi, you're kind of screwed. Um, but I, I I somewhat am on board with Weeds. Like I feel like if you get your seven in, you should get your points for your seven. Um, I had eight. I might as well have only had five because I think I well I had Miller who didn't race and I was at a race myself so i couldn't really keep up with it so i got zero for him uh and then i had god i can't even remember i had i think i had four or five zeros for like four or five riders give me zero points this weekend so i'm i feel his pain fantasy could ruin our lives so you guys have each played brandon you said it's really busy dude it, it will drive you crazy
1: it can it can take up a lot of time, but that's no excuse for weed I mean he's he shouldn't have any issues. I I gotta say I was a big fan of the guy. He uh he's knowledgeable, runs one of the top websites and he's a really he's a story. I would expect more from him and then he goes and he can't even get a a fantasy roster roster together. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking, I yeah. I can see I can see it happening. I can see that being a, an easy mistake to make, but it was funny, it was it made for good pot.
3: Absolutely, and Dave. Not only that, then he he misses the start of the second moto. poor guy, man, just rough day for Weige. But I I don't know. I love the fantasy talk, and I think I do think Marks needs to fix it. Where if you you know if you only get six guys or seven guys in for some reason, give me my points, damn it.
4: I agree. I agree with that one hundred and fifty percent. And yeah, dude, it could. I, I feel for him. I've been there to the point where <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like I'm the, the last second. I'm like oh man, I have to you know changes one guy can we get knocked out and and qualify or whatever, and yeah, it, it takes up so much of your time. We've been in so many races this year where you know I'm behind the gate, not even watching the race. I'm just on my phone looking at like fantasy and like okay, I have this guy. What's he? At? You know what I mean? And yep, yeah. It, it gets you get so so involved in it and. Especially if you came in at a deficit, like I did, man. The first Supercross round, I got maybe ninety points. So <laughs> That's I was so, terrible. Yeah, I, dude, I was so livid. Like, yeah, it ruined my whole plan right home the next day and sure. the day after. So, yep. Yep. yeah, yeah, totally, I've totally been there. But yeah, we we got to get a petition going so that Mark's gonna at least give you credit for the ones that you do pick.
3: I think so. I love how much <laughs> I hate this game, um, and I also think we need to have a. Like uh, we need we need to have be able to have a guy that comes off the bench maybe one race a year. Like you get a bonus guy that you could pick a ninth guy, and one time a year you can say, all right, I'm 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 pulling my guy off the bench because I would have done it this weekend with as many zeros as I got. But that you know I'm sure I'm shit out of luck on that one. Um, let's thank our sponsors real quick. Lots of people helping out the Pulp Mex show. I want to thank Guts Racing, Michelin bicycle tires. Uh, seal savers, and motosport.com all for supporting the wrap-up show along with all the other sponsors that support the Pulp Mix show. Pulp Mix show.com click on the sponsor tab uh, dealer codes or you know, discount codes, all that stuff is right there I just used the Motosport one the other day, ordered some parts for my 06 uh, these guys help out Pulp Mix, keep it going, we love Pulp Mix. we know how important the sponsors are, so support those guys um, Adam C. and Cirillo one of the best interviews ever. He's always great. Lots of good stuff. Um, came on this week after his one-one. Um, had some good stuff to say. Talking about track prep. Let's listen to that real quick. Now it's, it's kind of the point. Now yeah.
6: even when I post a video of me riding on Instagram, and there's not like a, you know, I'm not hitting the gnarliest, um, you know, sand roller set of all time. I, like God forbid I'm hitting a jump. People are like, this is why, you know, this is why Team USA is terrible. Like, this is why. Dude. This is why they suck. Like, Every time I see that, Instagram. they just yeah. they
0: think, and I laugh. I, I see that, and they'll be like, "Oh, well, hurling's right. this track. I'll go find <laughs> a couple European or a couple MXGP guys. Like, forget Instagram. Go watch and He's riding some yeah. flat French track. That's yes, but there's not a single Dude, bump on it. It's when? like we're yes, when? guys ride prep tracks. Guys ride gnarly tracks. It works
6: yeah, right? It's crazy, but uh, no, I think I like it. I like what they've been doing. I it was funny this weekend I was at one of the, one of the AMA guys that promoter. I don't know somebody came over to um, the rig briefly, right. As I got back from the first practice and I hope Zach won't get mad at me, but <laughs> he was asking me if anything needs to change. And, you know, I was talking to him and Zach, had was coming by on his way back from practice and he was leaned up against the mule waiting for his turn to talk and i could tell that he was not a big fan of it <laughs> and he's like we gotta rip it and i'm like I, and i saw him again leaning up against the ama trailer after the second practice as i rolled by i yelled as loud as I could. i said keep it
3: flat <laughs> <laughs> well dave this goes back to a little bit of what we talked about earlier about track prep and differences of opinions uh thought that was pretty funny his response with between him and zach but uh, the kind of the, the beginning part of that, talking about people saying, oh, this is why America sucks. And I just found all that kind of interesting. I like, you know, the haters, right? We, I bring this up a lot because I don't understand why people on the keyboard, the keyboard warriors even make comments like that. But I, I enjoyed the response. And Michael Lindsay, uh, you know, kind of touched on you could, you could find the GP riders riding flat stuff. You can find them riding all different stuff. Uh, but just uh, what's your take on that, that part of the AC interview?
4: Yeah, uh, it, it kind of gets me a little annoyed too when people say, like, oh, yeah, you know, um, the reason why we're not killing is because we ride these super, you know, nicely prepped and super deep-tilled tracks. And, I mean, the, the, like, like Lindsay said, like the GP guys ride that also. They have to be very well-rounded riders. You've got to ride in hard pack, super rough, uh, super slick, flat, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of feel for AC, it's kind of nice to get his take on it as a pro rider and, like, see some of the heat that he takes. Gives us a, almost like a firsthand, uh, you know, input. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's all—it's all—it's all, it's, it's all, it's all bullcrap, man. I mean, these guys are <laughs> yeah. super fast. It's just that our guys—they're so focused on Supercross, like that's their bread and butter. Like that's what they have to do, and then they have to turn around two weeks later and start ripping outdoors. So it's like their their attention is taken away from the things that other the other riders in Europe. They get to spend all of their free time on and their schedule is a little bit more free but uh, than ours is. We we've, we've got the off season races, we got like, you know, like Monster Cup, Straight Rhythm, Geneva, I mean all these Mercy, and then you got, you know, Supercross boot camp and you got Supercross and you got two weeks and you we gotta do uh, you know, outdoor um training and you gotta do outdoor nationals it, it yeah yeah so much. So much sure. I think it's yeah, if you gave our guys the opportunity to say, listen, we're just gonna do straight moto from, you know, May until August, like that's your main focus, you have the rest of the time to do that, of course we're gonna be competitive. We're gonna we're gonna kill it, you know what I mean? But we, we have a different a different attention set, we have a different way of, of of running our industry over here. So I think that's where it comes from. And that's we always see guys from Europe come and do some of the US tracks. Or they try to shoot and we wax them in supercross because that's our main focus. So I think the the everyday fan just needs to kind of wake up and realize that, you know, that hey, yeah, we have not supercross. Gonna we have all these Yeah, it it's not, it's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? So <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still feel for those guys, man. But it's super cool to see AC like different personality yep. to himself behind the races and like the whole economy between him and, and Osborne. That's that's always fun, man. I love seeing those guys go back and forth. Um, you know, written down there. It, it's super
3: funny. Yeah, something that the average fan, if not listening to Pulp MX, would never know that went down. Uh, Brandon, I, like, AC's always great. He he made a comment that I, that kind of stood out to me personally. Um, well, well, he he talked about bets one, that was funny, where uh, he said, you know, I, I hear these questions that bets has on the Pulp show. They start coming back to me. Like, he, he maybe asked me a month ago, and I start seeing these responses on Twitter to see that they're getting out there. Like, the, the, the the relationship with Bets running these questions through AC first uh, was pretty pretty entertaining. I, I can only imagine the ones that we don't hear about. But then AC also made a comment about like the press. They were talking about the press and the press conference that he wishes that like us as media would really. He said, "Lay it on me. Like give me something more difficult." Um, I like that, especially for me because. Uh, you know I don't like just the basic boring questions. I try I personally try to ask different questions. But in the past I felt like Adam was kind of irritated with me actually with a couple questions. What do you think of him though? What do you think of his interview? Is he is he a guy like you like on the pulp show?
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely uh one of the best guests on the show. He's personable, he's easy to talk to, he says it like it is. Um you know, I I I agree I, I agree with you. I think uh, I would like some interesting questions. I'd like to uh, get get to know these guys even better. And, and the cookie-cutter questions that the press always asks uh, uh, at, at, in the uh, interviews or after the, of the races, yeah. it, it gets kind of redundant and pointless.
3: Yeah, and I agree. And I, 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 I'm sure I fall into that sometimes. Um, let me ask you guys, since I've never had either one of you on here before, uh, let's start with you, Brandon. Who is – What's your favorite co host or guest of all time for Pulp Mex?
1: I don't know why, I just like Kiefer.
3: Okay, me too. I'm with you. I
1: like Kiefer for some reason, yeah.
3: Okay. Uh Dave, how about you, man? What do you what's what's your highlight when you know somebody's gonna be on or in studio?
1: Um man, it, it's
4: hard to go against Kiefer, man, but um when GL was there, that was super hilarious. The first time. Um yeah, oh man, it's it's, it's so uh, it's difficult. Actually, this year, I I really like Cade Clayson, man. He, he gave some really good insight, and he was funny. You could tell that he was just a great fan of the show. Yep. Um, so he might take the cake for me for this
3: nice. year. At least. He'll be in next yeah. week with A-Ray. Uh, a- They'll be in together again, so that'll be good. Oh, that's going to be good. That's going to yeah. be funny. Okay, <laughs> so the next thing I want to talk about with Adam is uh, Pancake, who helped with the Finding Stew video, called in. Um I want to talk about that, but I want to play a little piece of audio. And honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up. This piece of audio has been uh, edited just a little bit to to kind of make fun of Steve. So let's hear it.
5: That video. That was, was it. It was the
3: cataclysm. 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 It really was. Okay, so cataclysm. I don't know how you spell that, Dave. Cataclyst. Um No, yeah. I just I just wanted to make fun of Steve a little bit because he gives me so much shit. Um but anyway, pancake, right? Great finding stew. I think we all love that. I like that they got brought up. I love pancake calling in. Uh talking about stew. But um what Steve was talking about was that video was a cataclysm for him to lose weight and get motivated. Uh that's which is awesome. So congrats to you, Steve. I I can't give you too much shit. But uh the stew part though, we got some stew talk, right? We uh Dave, Adam talked about coming back from california and being at stew compound so let me play another piece of audio Uh,
0: did you get butterflies the first time you rolled out on onto the facility to ride yeah you know what's
6: funny the first day i was out there and he was out there too man i was like i I was like my first week back from california and it's 115 degrees out there and i was dragging ass riding like a complete (laughs) dick out there and, and Chase had to be putting six seconds to laugh on me. And of course, Stu's like the only one out on the top of the jump. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, man, what are you doing to yourself? Just go home. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> like, just, I just wanted to look her up. Stu's just watching me get spanked. Yeah, and I'm just getting all, destroyed.
0: All but Stu does is just
5: point to his exit. And you just ride <laughs> off, Adam. You just ride, ride <laughs> totally. off. You just get out of here. Hey, it's
0: like the Caesar thing. You right. see him with the thumbs up, and he just turns it down.
3: Oh, Brandon, we all, like I said, we all love Stu Talk. How great is it that Adam still is like fanboying out? Uh, and we're getting Stu back at the races. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I I could listen to Stu Talk on Popomex probably for a whole five hour show.
1: Well, to be honest with you, it it blew my mind. I just, I kind of almost, not put him on the same level, but I did not expect him to be standpoint that much. He said that when they went and filmed the video, he was like nervous, like he thought Big James was going to come out and like yell at him or something. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, that's the great thing about podcasts is, is I would never, when I was watching that YouTube video, I always, I always thought just like James was in, in on it, like Chad and everybody. Oh, really? Um, okay, but to hear about this after after the fact that AC was nervous going up to the compound, I don't know. That's that's a great thing about pod, podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I would never would have thought that.
3: Yeah, it's it's such a better, so much better of a platform, Dave, than like a standard radio show, right? Like if you this is your AFM radio show, you know, like Satellite did great stuff with like Stern does long form stuff now, but the podcast you just get that chance to get to know somebody uh they they seem to feel more comfortable and that's what we talk about with Pope all the time is these guests especially a guy like adam who's friends with steve just opens up we were it's like we're sort of a fly in the wall of their friendly conversation
4: yeah exactly it's it's so weird because like pause like people's emotions come through and then like there's so many other side conversations that 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 come off of the main topic and um, you, know, you you get a well-rounded sense of every guest. You get um, the, the, the hosts themselves, and um, it's awesome, man. It's it's so cool to find out that they see it like a Stu fan and kind of, like, fanboyed out, like you said, a little bit. Like, that's super funny to hear. Like, hey, man, I'm a guy who's pretty much at the top of the sport right now. With yep. 1-1, you know, I, I have, you know, the, the factory ride, the accolades, all the followers, the popularity, and I go to Stewart's house, and I'm nervous. The guy <laughs> hasn't raced in years, mind you. Yeah, it, yeah but exactly. But, like, the minute you... You know, the minute he put foot on his compound, it's like hallowed ground. Everyone like is like paying that attention. You follow the rules. You have to impress Stewart. Everyone's sweating. It's it, that's super funny, man. Yeah,
3: well, who? Somebody so said something about like driving slow down the driveway so you don't blow the leaves <laughs> into the grass. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, and we know that AC is a fan, just a fanboy of the sport, but he is not afraid to let that out. And hell, saying that Sexton was putting six seconds a lap on him. Uh, it's just great. It really brings it home, and uh, you know why we love AC. All right, so this is one of my favorite segments of Pulp Mix every week. I bring it up a lot. The Race Tech Rant. This week, pretty damn good one. Um, you know, Steve Steve is out there sometimes with some of his issues, some of his things that he complains about. And uh, this one made me laugh, so we're gonna play a little audio. Uh, Chris Kiefer was on the phone. Race Tech Rant is about Steve hanging out with Kiefer at the track. So let's listen to what he had to say.
6: RaceTech dot com. I didn't even know this was a Race Tech Rant. You never told me this, so this ought to be great.
5: Well, okay. So I give you a lot of credit, Kiefer. Okay, you got me on a bike, right? Yep. You you just you just fucking just knock. Just, you just peck 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 about peck, riding peck, all the peck. time. Peck yep. peck peck yep. peck. This is all Kiefer's deal. And then, like, Michael, like, he made, like, three comments about how little I rode. Still still got the tits on the tires. Still got the tits on the tires. Like, oh, you're really pushing out there, huh? Like, fuck, man. Like, I got up at 5 in the morning. I drove down to a track I've never been before at. I got a brand-new stock motorcycle, right? Like, it's not my bike. It's my brand-new bike. And I, I'm, I, it's never enough, Michael. It's never enough. Like I didn't ride enough. I didn't jump this double. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. For why can't you just be like, "Hey, man, hey. it was cool to hang out with you." Why nope. do you got to be like, "Your tits are still on the tire." I'm happy. I'm glad you're riding. Doesn't seem like but it. I would like you just to just. I would like you just to go in one
2: rut while you're down here.
5: Just oh, one. Yeah, that's another thing. You gotta go inside. You gotta go inside. Like, I don't want to go inside. It's first of all, there's fast guy. Dylan Fernandez is out here. But no, Michael, not good enough. Can you just hit some roots? Could you just hit some roots? Like, the race tech round of the night is just leave me alone. Like, why don't you just appreciate what I did? I just, I can't make him happy. And I'm trying. I'm trying so bad. Can't make him happy.
3: All right. So, Brandon, I'm going to start with you. Um, I have some thoughts on this, especially the last few comments by Steve. Uh, But let's. I'll let you start off, man. What What are your thoughts on Steve's rant to Kiefer?
1: Uh, Yeah, he sums it up at the end. He says, "My rant is leave me alone." Okay, that's just uh, that's it's hilarious. It sounds like you could, if you wanted to, you could edit those clips to make it sound like they were married, like they're arguing about something, like it's just never good enough. Like keep trying, and uh, you know, the dishes or whatever, it's just never good enough for you. Well, you you it could say like that. A married
3: you could say that with him and JT too, right? Or or him and Weed half the time. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they are like a married couple. That's that's funny that you say that. But okay, so with what Steve said, especially you know, at the end, you're never happy. You, I, you know, I can't make you happy. It's never good enough. Does that? What does that make you think when you hear Steve say that? Anything at all in particular? Because it definitely made me feel something.
1: Uh well, uh, I just. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of that in all you get groups of buddies that ride together. You're going to get a little bit of that um, in every, every group uh, that you're always trying to push somebody or help somebody or, or um, motivate somebody to keep pushing. Uh, but I don't know, that's just classic Steve. It's yeah. just uh, the way it is.
3: Okay. How about you, Dave, before I, I say my piece and I play another piece of audio, what are your thoughts based off that uh, audio?
4: Um, it's, it, it's kind of funny. Honestly, I have buddies that are just like it. The ones that are like, you know, they, they, ride all the time, you know, they're, you know, racing every weekend and I'll go up there to ride and I'll do my motos I'm like, dude, you didn't need any of this. That's fine. It's like, dude, I'm out here, man. I got, you know, I worked a full-time job. Sure. You know, what even, I'm here, not at a race somewhere, you know, so running the program. It's like, I'm here, let me enjoy my ride, you know, but, um, it's, it's super funny. It almost sounds like keeper is like a moto dad. <laughs> like explaining to this to steve like hey take those inside lines i don't care i want you to get those kids off the tires and you know it, it's, it's super funny dude, just to hear them back and forth and then he kind of you know stick up for himself and you're like dude i'm not i'm not professional i'm not out here trying to like throw down fast last time and then it i was laughing my ass off
3: okay so i'm gonna play another piece of audio real quick uh from him talking to jt about something else during the show and then i'm gonna i'll, I'll Say my piece. I Victor said to all. JT,
5: have a cheese quesadilla for fuck's sake Just have one, you right. love it And he said no <laughs> you, right. you cannot do that, you cannot have any carbs about Tits, the double standard. I just want The man who loves ketchup And cheese quesadillas Or chicken quesadillas More than anyone in the world To have ketchup and chicken quesadillas JT, again. would you but put ketchup not... on your cheese quesadilla?
6: No uh-huh. But oh. my whole thing is if, if I'm not worried about it If it
5: doesn't bother me, then why does it bother you? Your happiness—you don't even know. You've buried your unhappiness. Oh, right. okay. I'm you, so you, you think are you're happy, you're, but you're not.
3: Right. Exactly. You're deciding yeah. my happiness for me. Okay. I got. Okay. So, I think everybody that was the knows.
1: Best me. mashup ever. Good job. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think everybody probably exactly. knows where I'm going now. With uh, exactly. also also you can't, you know, you can't have whatever graphic stickers, logos you want on your bike. Uh, you just can't make Steve happy, ever. Steve is never happy. Poor poor Anton, you know, and his brother order pizza and let Steve eat some of their pizza. Uh, it's not good enough because it's the wrong kind of pizza. Uh, you know, the, the track, you go to the track and it's not prepped properly and Steve's not going to ride. It's too wet. He's, Steve, you're never happy. You are never happy, ever. We can't make you happy, Steve. The show's too long. The show's too short. Uh, I, I talk about my show too much. Damn it, Steve. You're never happy. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to go back to you, Brandon. You got anything else to say?
1: Uh, I think we could do a rant. We could do a rant of the week of uh, the quesadilla next time. JT could do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor. That would be great. Yeah. How about you? Uh, do you? Do you see where I'm coming from, Dave?
4: I yes, one hundred percent.
3: Now that you play it back, it's like, yeah, Steve is never happy. <laughs> <laughs> so him it, giving so Kiefer shit. And all Keefer is trying to do Keefer just wants Steve well I guess the same thing Steve was saying is just enjoy yourself, man. Come out, you know, try yeah. this, do that, try some different things. Uh, you know, yeah, just have a good time, Steve. But no, Steve Steve can't have a good time when Keefer's trying to help him have a good time. Just Disappointing. All right. All right. That was, I guess that was my little rant. Um, Let's move on to future headlines. Uh, Dave, it's back. JT usually drives them crazy, but they bring it back. We had three or four future headlines. Do you like that segment? Do you miss it? Do you wish it was back every week? Should we bring it back once a month?
4: Uh, I like it. Honestly, the the more segments that they had that that can kind of like put out some like some weird sort of like predictions, I'm all for it, man, because my predictions are all over the place. So um, I like it, man. I, I, I dig it. Um, hopefully they'll start to bring it back like every week, and then I'm all for it.
3: Yeah, I, I, I like it too. Um, what about you, uh, Brandon? What do you think? Did you, did you like this week? Did you like the, the four topics? Did you like the responses? I, I think it's good. And I, I think it's better when JT is aggravated by it.
1: <laughs> I I like it. I think it it kind of gets you thinking and it's usually hypothetical. So I mean there's no right or wrong answer, but it's just it it's a good way to just get you thinking about something.
3: Um okay. So so we're going to bring back uh future headlines every week, Steve. That's that's on the board. Put it on the put it in the schedule. It's back and we need to get voicemails back on because it's been a couple weeks. Um I do want to mention Connor Fields called in. Uh, gold medalist, world champion, this year's champion. He he won again this year by, I don't know if you want to say default, but they gave him the championship by the pay- points they already had, so BMX champion. Uh, but he won a set of Starcross Fives in Fantasy a couple weeks ago, and since you know they won't fit his Chase BMX bike, he's going to give them away on the show. So you guys, if you haven't listened or if you forgot, contest at com. Give a uh, give a little reason that you're a deserving listener and you can win Connorfield Star Cross 5. So that's pretty cool of Connor. Um, all right. A few more topics, guys. The X-Brand Tariffs had a particular question that uh, actually brought up, I guess it kind of re- on Discord, on uh, the snowboard section, people were talking about it a bunch. Uh, I think on Instagram, Twitter, and Johnny Hopper, the other media guy that was mentioned, he, he did a little YouTube thing on his channel, so I want to play that this piece of audio. Uh, damn it, I cannot talk. I want to play this piece of audio, and then we will uh, we'll talk about it.
0: Uh, Michael is MXA the laughing stock of Moto Media.
3: Uh,
0: no, they have been at times, but there is somebody that is more laughing stock, such as um. God, what's the guy's name? YouTube, the mic, please. <laughs> um, YouTube, YouTube. Um, Jer- Hopper. I don't even know if they qualify me, but Hopper's pretty the, bad. The
5: Hopper uh, is a— uh, And
0: uh, your, your your buddy, Chris uh, Krish Mushi, is not uh, not so favorable at the time.
3: Okay, so media in general, uh, Dave, you're involved in the sport. You're doing blogs, um, Brandon. I don't know Hopper very well. I've seen him in the press conferences. Uh, seems okay to me. I mean, I don't—you know, I certainly don't have a strong opinion either way. Uh, but I guess he made some responses about Lindsey not really—I don't know how he put it—basically not giving him credit for some things that were said. Anyway, media stuff. What do you think about this topic? Do you think uh, Day that that Lindsey should have called him out like that? Or I mean, I guess it was a it was a valid question, and he gave a valid answer. What do you think of it? Do you know anything about this topic uh, at all?
4: Um, not, not too much, to be honest with you. I, I know there's some beef amongst some of the the media guys, but uh, uh, I mean. Oh, on one hand, I'm glad that Lindsay was kind of open and honest. On the other hand, it's like, ah, uh, man, you don't really want to be throwing anyone under the bus, you know what I mean? But uh, it's and for for us that like that kind of dig like the whole you know uh, behind the scenes, he said she said the, the inner workings, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I actually I haven't heard much of much of Popper, man. It's got me kind of curious. It's like, okay, what's his style of like of media? Is he kind of like the guy that like does like the super gossip that starts like random rumors, like, oh hey, yeah, Weston Pike coming back or something crazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so uh, I guess he's I wonder been... if that's like. Go ahead. No, no, no. I wonder if that's like the the whole uh, the whole gist of like what he's all about. If he's actually spreading false rumors that could like be a detriment to somebody you know i, I mean? don't
3: i don't think he's going that right like I, I have to be honest i haven't checked his youtube channel out and i think you know i don't know I, people know him from that I, I believe he's a ex uh pro rider he's held a pro license uh i, I want to say i heard he is from colorado area but you know i've seen him on the press conferences this year and you know again nothing has just stood out where i was like oh what kind of that was a horrible question or whatever you know i, I don't remember things standing out but It definitely seems to have – Michael Lindsay's comments definitely have sparked something because there was a YouTube response uh, earlier today. And as a matter of fact, I guess I'll announce this now. I just got a text that uh, I think Johnny's going to come on once you guys are done with – once we're done recording. I'm going to give him a chance to respond here in a little bit, so we'll get Hopper on. But uh, I don't know. I'm not – I can't really say why – Lindsay made those comments. I do know that Johnny has called himself like the TMZ of media or moto media or something, which I, I'm not really a big, I don't even know what that means necessarily. Uh, so it'd be, it's just interesting. It's something that it was brought up, you know, that kind of made me go, huh, I need to check out this. <laughs> it's what, I guess what it's done is actually made me go, I'm going to go check out his YouTube channel and see what it's about. Brandon, um, do you follow that kind of stuff at all? Do you know what's going on?
1: I'm I'm at a loss. I okay. I'm not familiar with Hopper. I don't know who it is, but uh he must have done something really bad if Lindsay says he's the what was the laughing stock of the industry. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh,
3: I I wish I'd had more time to look into it. Um but I yeah, actually he, he obviously Go ahead.
1: He can't be the, the laughing stock if nobody's heard of him. So I think Lindsay's just looking out for a chance to uh um, throw throw some shade towards them. But. Yeah,
3: I I wish I'd had more time to look into it. Unfortunately, like I didn't even it wasn't even something I was going to touch on until I saw these threads on on the Discord page today, and I was like, well, maybe I do need to get into this because it, it, there are people. The pulp fans are talking about it, so I need to figure out what's going on. So hopefully, we we'll get a little more info once I get Johnny on, and you know, and then Lindsay kind of threw Cooksey under the bus too. Um, and I like Cooksey. Cooksey's out there sometimes. He he definitely tries to say stuff to get a reaction but it's stuff he i think he believes in like he's not just making stuff up to get a reaction so i was i'm gonna have to go back to mxa being the laughing stock man i'm gonna have to stick with that uh so that's that's my opinion anyway um all right let's move on to a few more things uh okay so i do my podcast and i'm not even gonna name it because steve gives me so much shit about you know talking about my show but Sound quality is very important in a podcast. Steve's come a long way, guys. Uh, if you go back and listen to old shows, and he's constantly trying to improve things. Uh, but this week on the review show, we had like what sounded like slot machines going on in the background with JT, and then Monday night we had a little sound issue with Michael Lindsay and a a uh, ice cup. Got my last piece of audio here to play.
5: Uh, Michael Lindsay also here to uh, break down Melville and uh, make a lot of noise with his ice. Yep, and I'm um, gonna do future headlines with JT. We're off. To- yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder why everybody left your team. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh, oh uh. Uh, that's not. That is not an asshole drop.
3: Nice burn by Mathis at the end. But so this, I, I brought this up because I know you guys both listen to Pulp. I'm gonna assume you listen to other podcasts. Uh, you know, when I'm doing my podcast, like I'm constantly trying to mess with the sound quality, and like, oh crap, this needs to be fixed. I got to cut this out. When you're listening, how much does something like that affect you, Brandon? Like, if you do, you, okay, let me ask. Do you listen to the like Coffee with the Keepers? Uh,
1: Coffee with the Keepers? Yes. Oh no, 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 no. I I haven't. I'll check that out though. No, okay. That.
3: Well, it's on Kiefer's pod on his on his stream or whatever. But like sometimes. The way he records, and he just recently got a a product that should fix this, Heather gets a little animated, and the volume gets really, really high, right? And he doesn't edit it. He doesn't have a way to edit that out. That stuff bugs me. And I want to know, does something like that bug you? Or if you hear the coins in the background, or you hear a phone beeping, or whatever, does that drive you crazy and take away from your podcast experience?
1: It can. I I think there have been podcasts that I stopped listening to because of the of the audio um but steve steve's podcasts they sound professionally done they sound they always sound really good uh the ice thing i could see him getting upset about that
3: yep well when i was in studio after vegas last year i was on for like the last hour and i coughed and it happened so fast that i couldn't get my mic out of the way like i know better (laughs) and he just gave me this dirty look and I was like, dude, sorry, man. Like, But then I see other people do stuff like that, and he doesn't really seem to get as aggravated. What about you, uh, Dave? Does it bug you? Does Would it make you change the channel, turn it off, you know, if it was too bad?
4: Um, I think to an extent. Like, if, if they're constantly in the background, like, tapping or phones going off, yeah, it annoys me, unless they address it and, like, and talk about it and make it a topic. Like, oh, yeah, we're having issues because X, Y, Z, and then okay. they kind of get off into a – so like, so like when this was like making you know, making an ice rattle or whatever, and Steve addressed it and like showed like how angry he was and then kinda of bantering back and forth, that made it kinda of interesting. So I kinda of liked it in that instance because it kinda of let some good jokes, you know.
3: Perfect, perfect uh summary there. I think you're hundred percent right. Uh and like I said, the reason I bring it up and you mentioned this, Brandon, I think that it sounds professional, right? What Steve does, like it drives me crazy. you guys that don't do podcasts have no idea but when he's done recording like for me the way i do our show like there's three separate tracks right now each one of you is on a track and if one of you is louder or has an issue i can go back and adjust it i don't think steve has to do any of that his shit is so tight and works so well like i'm pretty sure as soon as they're done they they finalize it and it's like it goes up it's just it, it actually kind of pisses me off so uh, because we struggle with ours so often but I do appreciate the good quality. But, like, this week on the review show, the coins, I don't know that it would have even bothered me had I not heard people talk about it or on Twitter and whatnot ahead of time. So just uh, something So that was I'll... that? Go ahead.
1: So I, I was listening to that, and I was wondering. It sounded like a slinky to me, like somebody was playing
3: with a slinky. Something like but that. But it was coin. But... No, I don't. I think that's what people were just calling it. I don't know that they okay. ever addressed what it actually was. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes, like, okay, when j was on Monday night, you can hear this little crackle or pop. And that's generally, if you hear that, they are on um, either a Bluetooth device or they have headphones in sometimes, and there's a little bit of feedback. So sometimes it's just your cell phone makes these goofy sounds and causes issues. Like, uh, a lot of times on this show, I used to do the way I would do it. I'd have both of you guys on my cell phone as a conference call before I Steve made me upgrade, basically. And somebody inevitably always seems to hit the the button. It sounds like they're hitting the buttons on their phone. And you'll hear a beep. And Steve was like, what is that? Like, it happens every show. What's going on? And that stuff is just little shit that you really can't do anything about. But drives us crazy. And I just was curious if, as a listener, it bothered you. It really isn't directly involved with the Pulp Show, other than there's usually not any issues. I was just curious. I wanted to get your guys' take on it. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting because I I remember hearing things, I thought maybe <laughs> yeah. it was coins. It sounded like if you if you ever saw the, the uh, animated Robin Hood movie when they were counting the coins, oh, like the tax okay. collector, sure, sure, it sounded like that. Yeah, and it was going on the whole show, and I guess I I was gonna click away, but then I was listening longer to figure out what it might be. So yeah, that
3: for, that review show has become my favorite one of the week. So. Yeah, I I just dealt with it. It really, like I said, didn't bother me. Anyway, let's move on. I think I probably s- stayed on that too long. Um, I want to talk about when I called in because there's a couple things that got brought up. So it seems like they feel like I don't know if you guys got this vibe. Like Steve and mainly Steve doesn't know if I am going to be able to handle being in the studio. If I'm going to freeze up, it's kind of what I the vibe I get. Did you get that vibe, Dave? That he's worried. Uh, he-
4: yeah, he, he sounds so worried that, like, you're going to, like, freeze and freak out and such. Like, dude, like, when I heard that, I was like, dude, he's a professional. Like, Mark has been doing this for how long? He's been on the industry for how long? Like, have some faith in the dude. He made it sound like you're, like, an everyday dude. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, that's... I, okay,
4: they, come on, give my give my voice some credit, man. It sort <laughs> of
3: got under my skin a little bit because I'm like, dude, I, I've been doing a podcast for four years. It's not at the level of pulp, I mean for sure, but I, I do two-hour shows and I'm fine and uh, I'm not like going to fanboy out or anything. I'm, I'm going to be ready to roll. The only thing I said I was stressed about is my damn music choice because I he won't give me a fucking sound check, so I have to be perfect on my sound, my songs for coming out of break, so that's the only thing I'm stressed about. Um, and then, Brandon, the hair's not getting cut, so they need to drop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a real, real, real thing. Yeah, but I think they just like to give you a hard time. I thought when he was talking about you coming on the the pod or hosting the pod, I thought he was just uh, giving you a hard time or joking, kind of like when my kid moves up to an from a sixty-five to an eighty-five. You're like, I don't know, man, it's a lot of power. I don't know if you could handle it. I thought they were doing that kind of thing for you, but uh, maybe it was more serious.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I can't figure like they. <sighs> They just like to give me shit, I think, is really what it comes down to. So we're going to figure it out. It's going to be good. Kiefer, I mean, Kiefer and I are going to have a good time, and we're going to take that shit over. So with the hairs not going, uh, and, yeah, Amber did not actually say, fuck Charity. She just was like, yeah, you're not cutting your hair. (laughs) Just uh, for everybody's information.
1: So was she really there and said, no, don't cut it, or you just said that? Oh, no, no,
3: she was laying next to me. So two weeks ago when we did the wrap-up show, I mentioned this Monday night that I told Kiefer like I wish you had been more honest with me about my graphics, right? Because I feel like we're friends. You can tell me the truth. And he's like, okay, man, if you're if you're giving me that freedom, then I will, and I'm going to tell you you need to cut your hair. It's not 1989 or something. He said something along those lines, and I was like, dude, my chick loves it, you know, and that's part of who I am. I don't, I wouldn't, I just can't imagine myself without long hair. And Amber, it would, she'd be pissed. Like she's told me before, if I cut my hair, she'd cut all hers off. She likes it. It's gonna stay, Uh, but she was sitting next to me. She just kind of shook her head. She she doesn't really get involved with the podcast stuff. She thinks it's like I'm a dork for it. So, yeah, don't cut it. Yeah, no, as long long as you're
1: savvy,
3: I'm keeping it. We're good. Uh, No, no charity. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, The Amart vlog they got brought up a few times. People really like it. Do either of you watch it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to be I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen it. I subscribed to it today. I'm going to get into it because I definitely I just have to find more time for this stuff. Tell me why it's so great. Steve loves it.
4: I I think it's it, it's kind of cool that it goes it goes really deep into like the relationship between Alex and Jeremy and just how fun loving and lighthearted and they're just they're regular brothers. They give each other so much shit throughout the day. Um, they're ultra-competitive, and it's kind of cool to, to see the personalities of the teams around them, too. So you get this chance to see, like, Freddie Noor interacting with Amar and Savachi interacting. You get to see inside the ring, um, you know, you get to see their reactions after uh, Amar has a bad moto and well, um, what his mechanic and him are talking about. So it's kind of fun. I-, I definitely like it, and, uh... I met the guy that that does all of his uh his vlog work for him. He's a super nice guy and, and he has really good equipment. So it's not like you're hearing static and it's blurry. It's like it's a pretty pretty clear shot. Um he gets really good um, really good audio and it's a seems like a really professional job. There's some guys that just have their, you know, their crappy camera, yeah, they're yeah. running all over the place, you hear wind noise and stuff <laughs> like that. So I dig it, man. Okay. I I think it's pretty cool. Yeah.
3: I, I appreciate. You. Yeah, I want. I want to hear a little bit more about it because I know if Steve's talked about it, everybody says it's great. I got to get on board with the the troll train vlog. Um, all right, last topic I want to talk about with both of you guys uh, is the silly season. Uh, at first, they kind of made it sound like, oh, it's a little light right now. All the silly season talk, but there's a couple good topics, right? Bam, bam, going to Gas Gas. Bam, bam, staying at Yamaha. Bam, bam, going to Gas Gas. Uh, who's going to be at Rocky Mountain? Three riders at Yamaha, too. Uh, rumors of Star moving to Florida, st- the Star stealing riders, and Dungy coming back for 21. That's all stuff that Steve has talked about, some of which the news is stuff he's broke. Brandon, what are you most excited about with the Silly Season stuff that Steve's talked about? Uh, and what is something, is there anything in that list that you think, ah, no way it happens?
1: Jeez, uh, I guess probably the Dungy thing would be would be the most unlikely, which is also what i most, excited about just, okay, as yeah. a fan we just ex- we just love for some reason this guy is switching teams or this guy's moving up or this guy's coming back it just for some reason that's just so exciting to listen to uh so i i hope i hope it does i hope i hope dungey's able to make it work and come back uh i think it'd just be fun and interesting to see him try
3: okay uh well i'm going to say that i'm going to break a piece of news right now I talked to Bam Bam today, and he is going to uh, Ryan Dungey Racing in 2021 on a Alta.
1: So no, we're there.
3: No, anyway, Dave. Uh, nice. How about you, man? Silly season stuff. It's as Steve said. You know, he was telling AC this. Like the the, the fans, the listeners love this stuff, and he's not wrong. It's like it, it may maybe none of this stuff happens, right? Well, who knows? But it's just fun to talk about. It's cool to hear and just to to bench race about.
4: Yeah, definitely. It's one of my favorite times of the year, um, just figuring out, okay, who's going where? Uh, you know, is, is my buddy's, buddy's, buddy's contact correct? Do I have the inside knowledge? Does he have the inside knowledge? you know what I mean? And, and I don't know if anyone else gets the gist of 2020, I feel like nobody really knows. So, like, usually this this time of the year, we kind of have an, a solid idea. There's going to be one or two guys who are undecided. you have only got, like, one or two options, so we're pretty solid. Now we have an influx of a brand-new manufacturer. We have teams that are looking to, to expand. Some teams are looking to maybe, maybe close the doors. Uh, so it's like I don't think anyone has anything solid to give us except that Ferrandez is it, going to a 450, which most likely Yamaha, and gas gas. Other than that, it's all in the air. Plus, you have dungeon rumors to come back. A guy coming out of retirement, hoping <laughs> to get on a premier team. Like, yeah. holy crap, man. Like, this season has been out of control. So everyone's mouth is like, watering trying to figure out, okay, where's this guy going? Where's this guy going? So it's been exciting.
3: Yeah, we got the Geico leaving Honda issue. And, you know, will J-Mart yeah. still have a ride? So much to come in a short time. And we all know as long as we keep listening to Pulp X, we're going to find out all the all the juicy facts he's going to break it to us first uh so i think we're going to wrap this episode up man that is uh about it for 438 i i want to thank you guys for coming on i want to say again thanks to the sponsors michelin bicycle tires guts racing motorsport.com and seal savers if you guys have any comments any questions if you want to come on the show if you have anything for hello pookie hit me up darkside at pulpmex.com Uh, Before I let you go, Dave, you got anything else you want to plug your stuff real quick?
4: Uh, yeah, we we got some uh, some pretty cool things coming for for next season 2020. We have our MX internship program in full swing. Uh, we've limited it a little bit for the COVID deal, um, but yeah, check us out at thecollectivexp.com if you want to sign up and be one of our interns in an outdoor race, go behind the scenes, when a lot of other people can't. Um, and also, we have our arena cross program kicking off pretty pretty soon too. So oh, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that. Man, we've got our you know our YouTube channels always popping with new content. Our new motor show, the Follow plugs is up, so. Um, yeah, just excited to, you know, just keep the content coming and, uh, you know, just keep, uh, keep feeling the, the motocross vibe, man. I'm really excited glad we're, we're racing in 2020.
3: Yes, yeah, sir. And, uh, how about you, Brandon? You want to plug your, your blog? Yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, Vlog Epicness, we post a few videos a week. If, uh, you like YouTube videos, you like, uh, dirt bike content, then, uh, Come check it out. You can leave some hate comments if you want. I don't
3: even care. Awesome. Well, guys, I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much. But other than that, we're out of here. And don't forget to stick around for a response from Johnny Hopper to Michael Lindsay. Thanks. Pookie, come up here. All right. As promised, I am back with uh, Mr. Johnny Hopper. Johnny, what's up, man? What's up, dark side? (laughs) What's going on, dude? So uh, I reached out to you today after, you know, there was a little little drama, you know, a little Little, I don't know, infighting with amongst the media guys. All fair, love and war. Sure, sure. So you you heard the the comments Michael made in uh, Monday night, and you responded with your YouTube video. But I just kind of want to give you a shot to come on here and uh, you know give me give me your again give me your response of what you thought of what Michael said and why he maybe he said that. Like, look, I like Michael. I have no problems with him, uh, and I don't know you very well other than just seeing you on the press conference. But uh, I certainly don't have any issues with you. But uh, go ahead. The floor is yours.
7: Okay. I just put me on the spot, Johnny, on the spot. Um, sure. You know, I've never met Michael before, so I'm sure if I was to get to know him, you know, we'd have different views. I know he's been in the industry a lot longer than I have and maybe a different capacity, and I respect that. And he knows far more than I do when it comes to how to do tests on bikes and, you know, shit. I would say the inner workings of sometimes the teams, you know, I just come from kind of a, a washed up privateer that didn't make it happen. And, you know, uh, I got tired of it. And so I started a YouTube channel and, you know, I felt like the industry just as a whole, uh, doesn't speak, there, there's no transparency, I guess, is what I want to Very say. Very true. So, Very true. Yes. Um, I just started saying my piece, may it be wrong or right, you know, but it's, it's me, and it kind of hit the ground, and um, I, I feel like I bring some comedic relief to the space that's sometimes really dry, and I would like to see motocross grow, and, you know, I really want to help be a voice for some of the privateers that don't have the chance to speak out or or kind of push down, uh, being forced not to speak out, and you know, that's kind of my goals right now and what I heard about Michael is, you know Steve, again you can't say anything bad about the dude because he's been around the sport for so long, you know, being a mechanic to Tim Ferry and then uh, starting literally from scratch and he struggled for a while in media. Now he's, you know, been making it happen. So you got to commend him for that. And, uh, you know, I know I don't bring a lot of, I would say, rapport to the space because nobody really knew me on the pro circuit. You know, granted, I was hurt quite often. And, you know, my chance was cut short. And I do bring a little bit of biasism and Gosh, lack of a better word, I, I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but again, I feel like that's what makes me different, and uh, you know, I, I I run with it. Yeah. And I've heard a couple things on the Pulp MX. I mean, granted, I don't listen to the whole damn thing because it's like five hours long. Yes, and, it is. <laughs> you know, Jamie, you you do a an amazing job too. And I know, you know, this kind of media area is a lot of talk, and as a racer, I know what is said behind closed doors you know there's a lot of shit talking going on and in front of the media nobody says it I would like to see more drama and I'm really impressed with how Feld actually showed us a little bit of the drama between Tomac and Barsha and I feel to grow the sport we need more of that and you know I do a lot of poking um, but I'm a big believer that there's no such thing as bad, bad press and Words only hurt the vulnerable, and, you know, I guess I'm sorry if I end up hurting some people's feelings, you know. I, I have my own fair share of people talking bad about me, and I guess that brings me to the Pulp MX show. Some of the stuff that they said was all fair. I mean, it was funny um, what Michael said in regards to my Ryan Dungey coming back because he's broke. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it. okay, there's a little bit of clickbait there, you know, obviously. Okay. Um, there's it's all speculation and if people watch the remainder of my video you know i was using the term being broke as in you can't live the next 60 years with no income so if somebody was going to potentially give you a couple million well it it would be hard to say no and i'm just kind of i guess spreading rumors you know but that's what's fun uh i like speculation i like bench racing yeah. And, um, you know, uh, I just decided to respond to Michael. And, you know, something that you'd probably see. I just wish he would call me out by name. And, you know, we could talk about it. We could hash it out. Uh, I'm probably going to meet him eventually. And, you know, I can't really say much because I don't have a whole lot of information on hand because, uh, you know, first impression is a lot. And so far, my first impression—I don't
3: know—is is up in the air of with the dude. Of yeah, well, yeah. 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 We we talked about that at the beginning of the wrap-up show. That some people, like when you, the listener, the pulp listeners, maybe they they have some negative things to say about him because they feel like he seems like he has a big ego, or I, I think he can come off. Not exactly the way he means. Like he's, he is very knowledgeable. He's really smart. And sometimes that makes people like he comes off as a little yeah, bit, 1,000%. I know it all, as like a know it all or whatever. Um, and you know, I, I was a little surprised when he called you out as like, you know, the, the, the original question was, is MXA the laughing stock of the media industry? And he's like, no. And, he had to, he couldn't remember your name at the moment, and he thought – he said it. And then he also th- yeah, kind of said he, Cooksy. he knows my name. He okay. knows my name. Okay. Well, then he also said Cooksey. And, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I love Cooksey, man. He's my buddy. And, you know, Cooksey definitely pushes the envelope also. Uh, but I don't know yeah. that it's a bad thing. And I, I definitely – I don't consider either of you the laughing stock. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess – hell, I could probably be put in that, you know, because I don't really have any clout either. I just –
7: Jamie, be honest. Be honest.
3: I mean, if you think I am, that's... No, I don't. Know, there's- I'll, I'll be honest, Johnny. I didn't know... I did not know who you were until I started seeing you in the press conferences. Um, and I have never had any issues with any... I've never heard one of your questions and went like, well, that was stupid or, or anything like that. I just... I have no... I didn't have any thought negative thoughts about you. I didn't check your YouTube out until today, to be honest, and I'm going to subscribe. I just... And it wasn't because I didn't like you. It's just I don't subscribe to a lot of YouTube stuff because I don't really have time um, between working and trying to do these podcasts at night. I just, I just, so I I have nothing against you. Um, I, I think.
7: Okay, well, well, don't, don't uh, watch more of my videos. Don't.
3: (laughs) Change my opinion? Yeah,
7: yeah. If I change your opinion, I'd be like, oh, screw this guy. Dude,
3: if, if you have a passion for the sport and you're trying to be entertaining and also put some stuff out there. I, I can't knock that, man. I, I'm all I, I'm in because I think, I think our sport needs some of that stuff too. And Steve even says, you know, like, hey, we need, we do need more openness. We do need more transparency. We do need these guys to tell us what their injuries are and not be so uptight and secretive. So if you're trying to push that envelope and get some of that stuff out there, that more power to you, man. I think that's cool. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm gonna check it out. So. Um, I don't have anything negative to say about you because, I, I, like I said, I don't know you that well. Um, but in the press conferences, I think you, your questions are good from what I've, I've heard.
7: Yeah, well, um, respect. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, same goes for you guys. You guys have been doing it a lot longer than me. And, and I don't even know what I want to obtain out of this besides just I, I want to help some of the privateers.
3: Okay. And in well,
7: order for me to do that um, – You know, I I need to be a little bit more up front and center, yeah. And and get my name out there a little bit more. You know, I'm I'm working with some guys, and uh, you were saying Cooksey. You know, that's an intimidating dude right there. I I (laughs) I doubt Michael would say anything bad in front of him, um, but I mean, that's what the internet's for, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, you know, hopefully uh, Michael and I can talk about it because I feel. Like you said, transparency is, is key here, and, I, I, again, I don't feel like there's any harm coming from, you know, friendly banter and, uh, I would say, opening just drama.
3: Sure, okay, so, yeah. Uh, well, you, you have called yourself, and I saw that the TMZ of the Moto Media, which, I mean, hell, is pretty damn popular.
7: Uh, to be honest, I, I just heard that somewhere.
3: and Oh, okay. So somebody really else called you that and you just ran lot. with it. Okay. I,
7: right. Dude, I, I go for a lot of jokes. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I yeah. thought it was funny and okay. um, I in, I enjoy editing stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I do a lot for a laugh. Okay. And Nothing wrong uh, with that. I hope people, you know, honestly, if, if people take me serious, great. I, I want them to take me serious. But I also want them to understand that, I'm not so serious, and you know I, that's what's different about it.
3: So well, cool. you know,
7: it'd be interesting if if Michael responds, and you know we'll, we'll we'll go from there.
3: Yeah. So you you did contact him? Like I, I saw the post on Instagram. I just got that. Why uh, I, I saw. It just yeah.
7: That. I mean, the the first time we talked was on Instagram. Okay. And I think it was it was over. Like uh, he was helping Walker out at the time, and yep. you know he he like responded to. Something about like my PED video or or something, as far as one of my writing tutorials, and you know, um, I didn't get the the best first impression. But again, that could just be you. You need to have a little bit of body language when you speak with somebody, because mm-hmm. uh, I think ninety percent of communication is not with words. So, you know, I, I do realize that this guy understands more about the industry than I do, and just what you said. Might come off a little arrogant because he's kinda might be the smartest guy in the room, and you know if he is great um if he isn't well you know <laughs> I, I guess I'll fit right in yeah go um, yeah i but I, I, I just need to have a conversation with him is is basically it
3: well i yeah hopefully that'll happen, and maybe uh maybe we can put that thing together, but yeah i think i I'd, I'd like to maybe see you guys both give each other a chance and uh'cause I don't think. Lindsay is actually an arrogant guy like I don't I've been around him a few times and uh you know you clearly aren't an arrogant guy and you're just trying to you know have a good time and and grow the sport so that's cool that's what we want so man I uh I appreciate you coming on here for a few minutes and and kind of giving your side of it and you know jumping on the pulp mix wrap-up show for me
7: I uh, appreciate it do you prefer Darkside, or can I call you Jamie?
3: You can call me whatever you want, man. If, if yeah, Darkside's kind of weird. It's just stuck. So yeah, Jamie's fine.
7: Yeah, well, when I first heard that on the press conference, I was like, <laughs> hmm, "What could my nickname be?" <laughs> yeah,
3: well, it, it's because like when I first started calling into Pulpomex, some other people were using their Twitter handles, and my Twitter is DarksideMX because I'm a big Star Wars dork and a motocross fan, and that's just what I used. And so then, like one of the times I called in, I was like, "Oh, I'm Dark Side and it just stuck. And then when I started doing media, that's what everybody kind of began to know me as. So I just ran with it. You know, I got to use what I have.
7: Well, hell yeah. Well, (laughs) um, I appreciate it, Dark Side. And, you know, uh, it's it's nice to converse with you, not on a press conference. And, you know, I like you.
3: Well, I appreciate that. uh, I I like you too, man, Johnny. And uh, hopefully you and uh, Michael... Well, you know, hopefully it won't turn into a, a big beef. We need we need all the media and all the stuff, we all the exposure we can get. So I appreciate what you're doing, man.
7: Yeah, if it does, I'm cool with it. So, you know, <laughs> um, it'd be cool if, if we can talk. So, you know,
3: eh. All right. Yeah. Well, Johnny, thanks, man, cool. and good luck with it. And I'm sure I will see you uh, Saturday evening in the press conference after uh, WW.
7: Cool. Uh, all right. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm getting some furniture, and I might want to go ride, but
3: okay. if I can make it, I hear you. I'll make it. Yeah, well, I, I get that. I appreciate that. it, my friend. Okay, man, thanks. See ya. Awesome. All
7: right, bye.
3: bye. All right, I appreciate Johnny coming on and uh, talking to us for a minute. Hopefully that's not something that, uh, like, hopefully hopefully you're cool with that, Steve. So uh, thanks to Johnny. Thanks to everybody for listening to the wrap-up show. We'll be back next week with another show. We're out of here. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?
0: See you.